Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas, with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. This is episode 48. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, with my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, good to be back, man. How's everything going? Well, it's it's uh, it's depressing to have you back, actually, Josh. I mean, I kind of got used to doing things without you, had my routine going, and then to make matters worse, I was at NAPE the other day, and um, I won't mention the person's name, but they, they I came up to them and they said, hey, where, where's Josh at? And I thought, God, here we go again. Like, at this point, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm the person out there going to meet with people, you know, saying hi, shaking hands, kissing babies, all that stuff. And all I hear is, is where is Josh? And it's like, you know, you know, Josh is dead. That's where Josh is. That's my new answer. You know, I'm just, I'm just saying you quit. We fired you. I don't know something because everywhere I go, the only question I get is, is where is Josh? I don't know what you've done, but you, you've kind well, of, it's, it's the, it's the division of labor, man. <laughs> you're, you're, you're the workhorse and I'm the boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's something like that. I, I don't know. I got I, I got the short end of the stick, no doubt about it. It's like, oh, Ryan's here again, and you know, I, I'm used to that normally. But you figured in this environment, like you'd be like, oh, hey, Ryan's here talking about textual gas podcast. It's like, no, no. Well, could you could you send Josh over? That'd be that'd be great. So, you know, it's uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, well, it's hilarious for you, but it's it's depressing for me. So, for all the people who want to know where Josh is, he's right here on the podcast. I hope you're happy. I got him back just for, just just for the, the listeners. Well, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Um, you know, I guess I probably need to go through my normal routine, Josh, just to kind of get you back. We had Mark in. We've had David on while you're gone. Um, so I'll kind of do, – do you want me to run the show today, or do you think you can You think you can handle it? Uh, I think, uh, I, think I, I can get, you know, some of it, but uh, – I'll, I'll let you kick off the beginning. You know, that's. <laughs> I'm picking, of course. I'm picking, of course. Josh does a good job of putting together the show behind the scenes, which tells me it's my turn to talk and to thank our sponsor, which is for the month of February, R&D Pipe Company. And big news, Josh, I didn't even tell you this. R&D Pipe Company is now pleased to announce that they are new regular members of the NASPD, which is the National Association of Steel Pipe Distributors. And if you're in the OCTG business, that's a big deal. you know. And so they're really excited about that. Um, if, you, if you missed my, my conversation with Ron Underwood from the beginning of January, be sure sure to go check that out had a great time visiting with the folks at R&D and I actually got to speak with Ron yesterday was just bounced some some stuff off of him always has some good wisdom and insight so be sure to give the folks at R&D Pipe Company a call um, you can find the show Josh as you know in Spreaker iTunes Google Play iHeartRadio uh, Stitcher be sure to leave us a review in iTunes it really helps out I think Josh we have some reviews that you're going to go over here in a few seconds but um, a five star review and some words and you know Josh I um uh, you know, we were talking about it with Mark McCord last week, and I, you know, we had that one-star review, and I called that person a coward. And I kind of thought about that after I said it. I was like, you know, should I call him a coward? And I thought, you know what? No, that is a cowardly thing to do. If you don't like the show, email us, you know, or, or at least put in the comments what you don't like so we can fix it. So um, we, we out here, we are working hard. We do appreciate the reviews. We appreciate the feedback. You guys don't know, um, you know, I'm always – you know, telling Josh because he's never there, but always telling Josh what the feedback we get and the and the input and all the stuff like that. It really means a lot. Um, and then, hey, Josh, we got first Friday Q&A coming up. I know we got some questions. Um, so Ryan at GlobalNGB.com, Ryan at GlobalNGB.com. Be sure to get your questions in. Um, I will send out an email to our email list about that, but um, Ryan at GlobalNGB.com is where you can do that. And finally, Instagram at 
Texas Longest Podcast at Texas Longest Podcast on Instagram. Um, I do a a live stream six days a week there. And luckily, Josh, there's none of your fans there. So none of your fans are showing up asking about you. Thank goodness I couldn't take it if they were on my live stream asking about where Josh is. But it's just <laughs> it's uh it's just fans of the show that are that are good people. And on that show. If you want to interact, if you want to hop on, that is an open show, open format. I, I, I pick two or three topics I'm going to talk about, and I talk about them, and then um, I take questions. If I, I mean, I don't always have the answers because some of the questions I'm not prepped for. I'm not prepped for any of the questions, actually, but you know, some of the questions I, don't, I, don't, I haven't looked into. But furthermore, if you want to hop on the show, hop on and chat. Um, you know, we've had listeners or viewers, I guess you'd say in that case, that have hopped on. We chatted about all kinds of stuff, and we actually got in a little Star Wars last night. Not last night, last weekend, rather. So mainly oil and gas stuff, but it does, uh, it does, it does kind of go some interesting places sometimes. Yeah, Ryan, you mentioned the review. We want to give a big shout out to uh, just because TN left us a great five-star review in iTunes. Uh, like we mentioned for the past few weeks, Ryan, that helps us more than you know. So uh, our listeners, anyone that hasn't, go uh, go give us a five-star rating and uh, leave leave us uh, some written content. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, so we can keep improving the show. And Ryan, we didn't mention this, but uh, questions of the month. We need some more questions. We have we have some for you know the next probably two months, but we need anyone that has questions, send them in at uh, Ryan at globalenergymedia.com. Email your questions in. We'll get them saved and we'll we'll answer those. Uh, that is the first Monday of the month. We do our question of the month segment, and uh, we would love to get some questions in from our listeners. Ryan, anything before we jump into this week's news? No, but we didn't mention we have Sergio Chamba coming on. So Sergio will be on. We got our normal kind of roundup stories we're going to hit, and we're excited to have uh, Sergio on again. Maybe we get that Cabot Oil and Gas update uh, from him finally. <laughs> That's doubtful. That's doubtful. <laughs> All right, so uh, first thing, Ryan, I have an article here. Not a lot that I want to go into the article. It's just uh, information about NAEP. I know you were there last Friday. I think I have Alexa app going out, going off in my background. Sorry about that, guys. Um you were at NAEP uh, last week, Ryan, and I believe you did an interview with Mark LaCour. Uh, this article talks uh, about Ryan Sitton, some of the things, some of the forecasts that he gave about uh, production, imports, and exports. Uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about NAEP, Ryan. Anything you wanted to share with us? You know, you had a week to kind of mull things over. Any Anything that stood out to you that you think listeners would be interested in? Yeah, so, you know, you know when, when me and Mark sat down, it was the – Wednesday, I think it was the uh, was the day we sat down, and so the NAEP, the actual uh, booth uh, exhibit hall hadn't started yet, and so um, uh, what you hear me and Mark talking about is, you know, we say, hey, we're, we're getting ready for NAEP type stuff. Um, NAEP was really big this year. It's my third time to go, so I'm not you know, an old veteran at NAEP like a lot of people are, but it's my third NAEP to go to. I went to the one this time last year, the summer NAEP, and now this one, and it was a lot bigger than last year. A lot of excitement in the marketplace, um, especially Permian, no shocker there. Um, and so it was a lot of good things. And as far as your comments on Ryan Sitton, I didn't stay for that talk, but I did read his article and, um, or the, the comments about his article. Um, and we talked about this on live stream the other day, you know, it really sounded like, you know, in a day and age where, you know, you, you turn on the news and there's always hyperbole about, oh, what's going to happen? What's not going to happen? You know, I really found his comments to be, you know, pretty, pretty balanced. You know, uh, I think it's a fair approach for lots of, he said, um, you know, not, 
you know, not really getting caught up in, into the hype, uh, not trying to over promote the industry, but but saying what he thinks is, you know, is possible for the industry. And um, a lot of people that I, that I talk to, you know, smart people, kind of, you know, kind of feel that, you know, that's probably where we're at. And so, um, you know, one of the things on this show, Josh, we talk about a lot is we try and we, we're probably under under downplay a little bit of what we think because we don't want to be caught on that sensationalism, you know, in the, that, that hype machine. And I was really pleased that, that, that the commissioner sitting didn't go and get caught up in the hype machine and, ape and, mm-hmm. and really try to play the crowd. It seemed like for the comments I read, at least that yeah, he was pretty well balanced on what he thought. Yeah. And you're looking, looking at what he forecast, uh, he forecasted WTI prices to remain between 58 and 66. So nothing, uh, I mean, it seems it seems that his his estimates and forecasts were pretty conservative. Uh, so I, I think I think he is. I think he's trying to kind of rein it in, and uh, just based based on some of the numbers that I'm looking at here, he's he seems to be trying to trying to be very conservative with his estimates. And uh, yeah, I, I think Josh, those are that, that's the right margin. Alfonso and I on the old Gasmark recap, we said that. Um, we said that we think that 50 to 70 for WTI, and that's a 20 dollar swing, but you know, 50 to 70 is kind of the, the, the high and the low we think we'll see for WTI this year. Um, you know, Commissioner Sitton's kind of taking the inside track on that. I'm um, saying, you know, 58 to 65 or whatever it is. So, you know, that that's that's a reasonable position to take. And 50 to 70, if we're all being honest here, that's, that's good numbers for the industry. So that's a, you know, it's, we talk about 80 and 90. Mm-hmm. That's when people get really excited and go, oh my goodness, things get crazy. 50 to 70, those are good numbers. So it's conservative estimate. Um, you know, and I, I think it's a, I think it's a good way to look at the industry right now. Absolutely. Well, Ryan, we have uh, some news. Um, it's really not news. It's kind of an over, overview of the change in the marketplace since the uh, two years ago, Washington lifted the 40-year ban on oil exports. And since then, uh, the, the U.S. has become a major exporter of oil. I believe the net, uh, net imports for oil in 2005 was 12.5 million barrels. Today, it's 4 million. So you can see a huge shift and the amount of oil that we're importing uh, and also the oil that we're exporting. And so looking at the article, looking at the transition of, of the, the U.S. economy and the U.S. oil becoming a major exporter, it's really changing the in- industry here for us, I think. Uh, I think one of the, some of the things with the Permian, the Eagleford, um, being the transition into this net export country is going to be a huge deal for us. We've talked about it a little bit, but looking at 2018, this is going to be a major goal for a lot of these oil companies to capitalize on the opportunity here in the U.S. to make us a net export um, exporter of oil. Is that something that people at Nate talked about much, Ryan? I mean, this transition is happening in the U.S.? Yeah, so the short answer is, yeah, people are excited about it. I think that there's a lot of optimism in the market. Anytime that you can look to sell your oil to more than one person uh, or more than one country, um, and you can get, get your oil, I think that is a good thing. And I think that um, you know there is a little concern about you know how much light sweet crude um, can be taken in the global market, the way refineries built. But beyond that, everyone was excited to um, talk to at least about, next, you know, about the global oil and gas market as it is right now. Yeah, I think it's exciting, Ryan, the, the prospect of becoming a major exporter of oil. I, and really for me, looking at the number of being a net exporter uh if we could get over that hump that would be that would be huge i think for for our country uh to be producing and selling more oil than we're actually buying from other countries like you said there's different kinds of oil uh lighter crudes darker crudes heavier crudes and uh so there's a lot a lot that's got to be factored in and i'm not sure you know what the what the main kind of crew that they're finding in eagleford and what the difference is between eagleford and permian that would be something interesting to uh you know kind of lay out and to to see but Ryan, we are uh, getting 
we have quite a few more articles we want to run through before we get Sergio to come on. So let me uh, let me jump in here. We have an update on uh, Chenier. Clo- uh, they're closer to expanding Texas LNG site after China deal. They uh, they're one of the only major LNG uh, companies in the in the U.S. or in the lower forty eight states rather, and they have they're in talks with making a major deal with China that's going to cause them to invest millions more before 2020 uh, because right now they're, they're about to run out of space to store some of this. So a uh, pretty big deal here to, to keep an eye out for. Uh, again, that's Chenier Energy. They're in talks with China about a pretty major deal. Um, yeah, and hey, and hey, Josh, on that real quick, I think that deal might have been finalized. I don't know. I want to say I saw that that deal was finalized. Um, I could be wrong on that, but you will. We will see just real quick on that. Um, is we're, we're going to see a lot of uh, deals like this globally, at least, because one fifth of all LNG contracts are up um, right now. So um, you're going to see a lot of lot of talk. How much it will be Texas? I don't know, but a lot of LNG news be going on this year. All right, next we have, uh, Ryan, we have another from EP Energy. Uh, the, not last week, but the week before when I was on the show, Ryan, we had EP Energy was, uh, they had just bought, I believe, some acreage uh, from Carrizo. I believe it was for $123 million. I have a link pulled up somewhere where I can go verify that. But that was two weeks ago. Now EP Energy is buying some more land. Uh, I believe this was for $243 million. It was $245 million, rather. And it was 24,500 net acres. Uh, they are trying to get some land uh, in the Eagleford uh, that they've, they've been working on. And I, actually, this EP Energy uh, had bought some from Carrizo, I believe, last week or two weeks ago. It wasn't EP Energy that bought it from Carrizo. It was another company. Um, I'll have to pull that up. I, I can't remember the, the company that bought it, but it was it was like 123 million. So it, it appears that Carrizo is making all kinds of sales. Uh, they're 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 getting rid of a lot of assets, uh, especially you know this being this year with the numbers being so far up. It's uh, a little surprising that they're getting rid of so much. I mean, that's over you know thirty over thirty thousand acres that they've gotten that they've had to hand off, uh, and over three hundred million in sales that they're that they're making. Uh, and it appears to be um, sales that are benefiting the buyer much more than the seller, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I don't know much about uh, Carrizo's stock off the top of my head. Um, but I, you know, I think that one thing I remember is, um, it's kind of a, a simple analogy I use, is that, well, first off, this might not have anything to do with Carrizo, but we will see some deals, I think, this year, Josh, that um, we're going to go, ah, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, I always go to the school now, okay, hey, um, if, you may, if you have straight A's, you know, for the first four weeks of school, you know, those little quizzes, you make A's, and then you make two F's in a, low, in a row, and those F's are really low, you know, that, that, that report card comes out, it doesn't have an A on there. It has like a C, <laughs> or maybe a D, depending on how low that F is, right? Um, and so as we come out of this downturn, we have to remember that, um, A, this could just be some, you know, um, you know they're, they're, they're moving their corporate strategy around. But also, just kind of a larger thing to, to think about is that some of these companies, they were holding on for dear life, and now – they can actually exit, you know, and so, hey, they're trying to unload debt. They're trying to get it. Um, so what's all going on with Carrizo? Not 100% sure. I'll do a little bit of research on it, but um, but that is something to consider that, that it could just be kind of like that, that great point average deal. Hey, you know, now, now they got bonus points now, if you will, so they can get they can get out of uh, uh, out of some debt. Well, we have uh, two, two kind of M&A news, some uh, jobs, uh, jobs reports that I, that I pulled up. Uh, one of them is not great news. Uh, I believe it's called Valorich. Uh, drilling products cuts about 150 jobs in Texas. 
they were just acquired uh, by another company uh, not too long ago. They currently have about 600 people in this particular job. They're unloading 150 of those. Um, and they said it was because over the last three years, oil prices have kind of put them in a crunch. And so they had to, uh, they had to get assumed, uh, emerge with another company and they've made some movements around. So they're laying off, uh, about 150 people. Uh, so that was well, not great news. It was something I thought that I would, uh, I would report on. And lastly, Ryan, we have news here of a company in Louisiana, Wild Horse, they are selling about $200 million worth of assets to make a big play in the Eagleford. They are uh, trying to get out of the LA, out of LA and into the Eagleford. So uh, interesting company to take a look at. I'm, I'm interested to see how, how well they do and uh, if, if they're moving the Eagleford ends up paying off with, uh, you know, with the assets they're unloading. Yeah, they, they may, can, may hit it big and, and, and start a, you know, a, a promising promising career you know in the eagle for this year well ryan we are about to give mr choppa a phone call um get him on the show is there anything we want to cover before we get him on do we want to go ahead and close it out no 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 um <clears throat> i guess the only question is josh let's do a little bit here what are the odds that you think that sergio will actually give us a capital and gas update like 99 uh, percent like, no 99 no <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 99% no. Okay. All right. 99% no. You know, it's funny. I met the folks at Cabot um, at NAPE. <laughs> so I was like, hey, we want you on the show because we can't get Sergio to talk about you. And of course, obviously, if you don't know, um, Sergio would be happy to talk about Capital, I guess. It's just a running joke. But uh, I was joking with the folks at Cabot, like, hey, we really want to get you guys on the show just, just to kind of balance it out a little bit. So I don't know if they'll come on or not. But um, if you are listening, Cabot, we'd love to have you on and get that update. So, uh, yeah. But no, that's that's basically it, Josh. A nine percent of a no sir, no no capital and guess update from Sergio Chapa. Uh, before we do come on, I think a couple things, Josh, because we'll probably wrap it up when he opts off. Let's go ahead and thank our sponsor, um, RD Pipe um, Company, and again, congratulations to those folks for getting um, honored as a regular member of the NESPD. Um, Josh, I haven't announced on the show, but I got I'm a finalist for an award, and so I will be at the Pipeline and Energy Expo. Um, I have been considered one to watch for. Now, my teachers used to tell my parents that, hmm. you know, but it wasn't it wasn't a good thing. It's like, hey, you got to watch that kid. You know, I've, I've heard that a lot. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, boy, you got to watch that one. He's trouble. But uh, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's what this is about. Maybe maybe, maybe the, the, the folks at the uh, Pipeline and Energy Expo are like, hey, watch out for this Ryan guy. Surprising that – yeah, he's trouble. He's trouble. But no, it is an honor to be a finalist. I'm just surprised Josh Shelton didn't get an award because it seems that he's the popular one. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, maybe that's the deal. Maybe you're nominated too and you hadn't told me and then we'll get there and you'll win it and that'll kind of just, you know, that'd be perfect. Or or as they hand me the award, they say, hey, hey, where's hey, where's Josh at? Is he here? You know, that's <laughs> probably, you know, I can kind of, I can see that happening. But no, I'm honored um, for the folks at PipelineAndEnergyExpo.com. If you'll be in Tulsa April 3rd through the 5th, I will be there at the luncheon, at least, maybe the whole conference. Um, hopefully bring home an award, Josh. I guess that's what you say. You hope to bring home the award. Oh, yeah. I don't Absolutely. know. <clears throat> so I'm um, excited and honored to be – didn't even know I was nominated. So excited to be a finalist. Um, and uh, hopefully I'm one to watch for in a good way. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. So, um, but, yeah, that's 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 um, a lot of what we got going on. And uh, excited to talk to Sergio, man. It's been, it's been a while since we've had him on. We are supposed to have him on while you were gone. And – uh, we just couldn't get it worked out at the pistol shoot. It was, 
you know, busy and just, just couldn't get done. So I guess let's get him on the phone, Josh. Yeah, let's get him. All right, we have our guest, Sergio Chapa. Sergio, it's been a while, man. We hadn't gotten you on this year. Uh, this year yet. We're glad to have you on the show. He's a writer for the Antonio Business Journal. Sergio, how you going, buddy? Oh, it's going good. It's it's always, uh, it's always good to be on the show. I'm glad to be back. Hey, Josh, Sergio sent me a text. I thought it was supposed to read, he is the, the best reporter in the history of the Antonio Business Journal. Is that is that, <laughs> is that the year, Sergio, is supposed to go? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Make sure. Well, just, I don't know if reporters would agree, but yeah. I mean, this you said, Ryan, you must read this if I'm gonna keep coming on. I, I don't know. Just tell. I'm just trying to be happy, man. He'll take it. He'll take it. <laughs> well, Sergio, you have uh, a couple of articles that you've written. Uh, I don't know uh, if they were written this week, but something that's been written over the last week or so. Uh, the first one we wanted to discuss with you today is about Trump's uh, proposed budget for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to inc- uh, include money to deepen the Corpus Christi ship. Uh, channel. Yeah, and this is a project uh, that they've that the Port of Corpus Christi has been pushing for for at least you know uh, a quarter of a century, 25 years, going back to the mid 1990s. They've been seeking to deepen and widen the channel to allow bigger ships capable of accessing the new newly improved uh, Panama Canal to you know dock at the at the port, and um, so. You know, when, when President Trump um, uh, uh, rolled out his budget, um, $1.5 trillion for infrastructure project, he, he noted waterways, and that perked up the ears of everybody in Corpus Christi. Um, so when Trump rolled out the budget, he set aside a certain amount for, um, you know, the, U, the United States Army Corps of Engineers. And uh, the Army Corps of Engineers – in their 20, uh, fiscal year 2019 budget, they earmarked uh, $13 million specifically for the, um, the Port of Corpus Christi project. Now, it's a $326 million project, so that's, that's not quite there. Um, the federal government's share would be $226 million, while the port's already agreed to pay $100 million. So, obviously, over the next few months, there's going to have to be some negotiation you know, in Congress um, to take place to try to, you know, move that figure up. Um, this is a project that has strong support from the energy sector. As a matter of fact, on the day before the State of the Union address, um, six energy company CEOs, um, four from Houston, two from San Antonio, wrote an open letter to President Trump asking, asking him to fund, fund the project for $60 million. And, um, and what they ended up in the budget was $13 million. We'll, we'll see over the next coming weeks and months if they can you know, nudge that figure upward. But uh, many people say that this is a project that needs to happen. Yeah, it definitely needs to happen. And I guess, Sergio, help me out here because we had on Sean Strawbridge right after the hurricane. And, and, I, and, and just, I haven't gone back and listened to that. Um, I, I was in the impression then that they felt like everything was on, um, on par to go at that time, is this is this a different phase of the project, or were maybe they a little bit more optimistic and it didn't turn out like they were hoping for, or what, what am I missing there? No, no, no. Sean's right. I mean, this is this is an approved project. Half the battle is just getting the project approved, okay. like getting the. Um, uh, from what my understanding, my coverage of it, half the battle over that twenty-five years, and then ultimately last year, you know, getting it approved by getting it as an approved federal project. Now comes the hard part. It's an approved project, but it's been unfunded. And now they got to get the money for it. The price tag is $326 million, and the port's already agreed to pay 
$100 million. So that just leaves a gap of $226 million to fill. Um, I got you. You know, and um, they've been doing a workaround at the Port of Corpus Christi. The Suez Max and, you know, new Panamax uh, tankers have been, you know, arriving at the port empty. And then they'll uh, fill up halfway that way that they can still make it out to sea. And then once they're at sea, they'll anchor and they'll do transloading. You know, they've done tests with this and they'll just fill up these super tankers with, uh, you know, out at sea. They'll have smaller tankers go out, meet them, transfer their contents into the big mega tanker. And then they'll, from there, they'll go out full from the deep waters of the Gulf. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the workaround they're doing right now. But, but, you know, if they're allowed to deepen it, to 52 feet, these tankers can just come in, you know, and fill up all the way and then head out, you know, and then they're going to widen it to 520 feet, which will allow for two way traffic in the ship channel. So it's also another valuable thing. I got you. So it was a Whereas right now it would only be one at a time, you know? Right. I got you. So, so I, I misunderstood. I was thinking approved, approved and funded. So he was saying it's approved, but they still needed some additional funding to get it going then. Yeah, yeah the, the money on there, and they approved the funding. You know, they're right. $100 million, um, but it's just the federal government um, would need to step up their share, well, well, provide if, their share. If there's one thing we can say, Sergio, when you have come on the show and we've talked about President Trump, um, it usually gets the results that people want. And so we're not saying he's a listener, but we are saying that, you know, you've been on like two or three times. We talked about Trump needs to do this, Trump needs to do that, and then within a week or two it happened. So... You know, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but, um, you know, instead of getting those six folks to write letters to President Trump, they probably should have just asked, you know, me and you and Josh to get on a podcast and, you know, just get the message out <laughs> <On> there. The <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think so. I mean, it, it, but, you know, the, the, there's a lot at stake here. You know, I mean, like it's, Corpus Christi is has become a, a, a center for crude oil exports. And then, um, you know, um, and President Trump's trade mission to China in November also yielded, you know, uh, a windfall for the port of Corpus Christi at the at the Chenier, Chenier um, Energies, like Corpus Christi LNG export terminal. That terminal now has a, has a 25 uh, year supply deal with uh, China National Petroleum Corp. You know, 1.2 million metric tons per year of LNG, you know. Um, so that that's something significant. Well, Sergio, we uh, we have another article here. Chenier Energy Inc. Uh, lands two deals to supply Eagle for shale gas to China. Uh, we had just talked about that just a few minutes ago, Sergio, where uh, that they were trying to get this deal. And the article I had on it said that uh, it was a deal they were working on. This article seems to say that they've already landed landed some of those deals. Right. No, I mean. So, I mean, it all goes back to the trade mission to China in November with uh, President Donald Trump meeting with Chinese President uh, Xi Jinping. And, um, and you know, Chenier Energy was among the delegates that, that went to that, that trade mission. And during that trade mission, the, the CEO of, of Chenier Energy, Jack Fusco, signed um, a memorandum of understanding with his counterpart at the, at the China National Petroleum Corp. And I think that's what you're referring to. There is an MOU signed in China, but an MOU is just an MOU. It doesn't mean it's not a it's not a contract. And so what happened uh, last week? They announced the signing of the official supply deal, the the contract. And um, so that 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 the the supply deal is actually based largely off the MOU. 
And, um, and it's a 25-year supply deal, LNG supply deal. So that takes them through 2043, wow. 1.2 million metric tons of LNG per year. All of that's going to be priced at the Henry Hub index, and then they you know, kind of throw in a, a fixed fee on top of that, um, a modest fee, I suppose. Um, and, um, and then, yeah, we're, we're going to have like uh, natural gas from the Eagleford Shale, being pipelined to the Corpus Christi LNG and from there liquefied and shipped to China. You know, wow. I think it's like one fifth of all LNG contracts are up right now, Sergio, or, or I mean, some of them have been closed. Um, so it's good to see Chenier close this one. As you mentioned, these are long term contracts. Is there any other potential LNG deals we might see coming out of that Corpus area um, with maybe Chenier signing something else? Or is this kind of the, the one that we hope to get done and that's probably going to be it? That's a pretty big one. Um, but I will tell you this now. So, so right now, the the Chenier uh, Corpus Christi LNG export terminal it got approved for three trains, and right now, um, trains one and two already spoken for with customers from Portugal, France, Australia, and you know a few other countries. I, I think along the Caribbean, and um, so those those all the production those first two trains is already spoken for through those, you know, what they call foundation customers. So um, that train one should be, according to the latest update I saw filed with the, with the FERC, it, 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 train one should be ready by March, 2019. And then train two should be ready by September, 2019. And that'll be, you know, time flies, Ryan. So it'll right. be here right before you know it. Right. And then with this, with this China deal, will allow for financing and construction of train three. Okay. So in the meantime, you know, Chenier will probably, uh, judging by the way they, they signed the deal, they'll probably fill in the gaps with their existing, you know, uh, Sabine Pass LNG export terminal, and maybe even trains one and two here at Corpus Christi until that train three is ready to be built. And, you know, train three has even more production beyond what's committed to, to this, this Chinese deal. So, yeah, I think you can safely expect, you know, them to pursue other um, other contracts. Well, Sergio, you have two more articles we wanted to jump into, uh, both of them dealing with tax reform. So, uh, as everyone knows, there was a tax reform bill that was passed recently and uh, a lot of big news for oil and gas companies. The first one you have here is uh, company Endeavor to hit one point five billion end of year profit. Tell us more about that, Sergio. Right. Uh, yeah, of course, uh, you know, uh, tax reform signed into law in December. Um, it's, it's kind of created a windfall for the refining companies here in, in, headquartered in Texas. And, uh, um, you know, Valero was the first to report, you know, uh, their end of year figures. And, you know, tax reform uh, featured prominently in that, you know, so like in 2017, Valero made $94 billion in revenue. And that translated into about $4.2 billion in profits. And, you know, out of the, out of those profits, it's estimated that 1.4 billion are attributed to tax reform. So that's uh, uh, nearly one fourth of their profits for 2017, um, you know, are attributed to tax reform. And then, you know, Endeavor um, on, on Thursday afternoon, they released their end of year figures and, and they made, $35 $35 billion of revenue in 2017, of which, you know, $1.5 billion was profit. 
And uh, they, out of that $1.5 billion, they actually attribute $918 million to tax reform. And so um, what you're already seeing is just like <clears throat> these companies with this uh, income, they're looking to make investments you know, uh, in their infrastructure, capital investments, turn around and use that money in smart ways to grow their businesses. Well, uh, first, let's just go ahead and get on the table. If they want a smart way to grow their business, the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast is always looking for good corporate sponsors, and we could, for about $1.2 billion, we'd be willing to talk to those big companies and have them as a corporate sponsor. <laughs> um you know, Josh Shelton. He, you know, he lives a. High, uh, I, th- I think high. I read in in one of the little paragraphs that that sponsoring podcasts is, is a total one hundred percent write off. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they yeah. would be smart and, and to do so. Listen, yeah, not only do right. you get the podcast, you get folks like Sergio Chapa coming on, and President Trump. We have his ear. I mean, what else? What else could you want for in life? And so, you know, just cut us a check for like five hundred million. We'll we'll figure out the details later. But um, but no, in all seriousness, um, I, I do have a question. I know Valero, uh, Valero really isn't the, the the point of the article, but you brought them up. Um, I I, I got to ask you because I got you on. I know there's some talk about them being concerned about what's going on in Venezuela. So them getting this good news um, is it kind of being overshadowed by what's going on in Venezuela? Have you heard much discussion about that? And you, and you might not have. I just know that there's been a lot of talk about them and uh, you know they're they're, they're, they're no, I, but. Okay, so yes and yes and no. I mean, so one thing about Valero is that they did uh, over the past five years or so, they did this uh, in- capital-intensive um, um, redesigns at a lot of their refineries so that they're able to process more uh, domestically produced light, sweet crude. So I'm, I'd say that you know they're able to, to weather that storm. Where, where I saw that more Venezuela was more of a problem was like for like midstream companies like New Star Energy, where you know that 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 economic and political insta- instability is affecting their actual right. use of of some of their terminals in the Caribbean and you know and along the Gulf Coast. So I mean, I mean that's more of an impact there. Um, one of the things I still haven't been able to suss out, and it's, it's still too early um, to tell right now. But like you know, who benefits more from tax reform? Is it is it downstream, midstream, or upstream? Right now, I mean, it's pretty clear that the downstream has benefited. But um, you know, I'm still going through you know, end of the year and fourth quarter earnings for like, you know, our, our, uh, our publicly traded, you know, upstream and midstream companies. So uh, we'll, 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 we'll get on that. <laughs> well, but you know, it, it's been one of those things that the market has responded, you know, uh, well, I, I think that if you look at um, uh, some of the equipment write-offs and stuff that's in there, I think that's going to be a big deal for some of these upstream, uh, these, um, these producers. No, definitely. And then also, you know, the, the lowering of the, the tax rate to, um, some some companies are already releasing their their new tax rates and uh, yeah and there's some significant savings there as well. So. Again, if you have a if you need to spend that money, if you just got it, if it's itching your wallet, Ryan at GoldbergMedia.com will be happy to work out a podcast deal. And you know, you know what? We'll even we'll, we'll we'll have Sergio on regular. We'll get Trump on from time to time. So it, we'll make it worth your. Well, okay, not about Trump, but we'll we'll make it worth your while. But. It'll be huge, right? It, it'll be bigly. <laughs> we'll call it the Bigly Texas Oil and Gas Podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, I think that wraps it up for today. Oh, 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 Ryan. Oh, 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 no, hold on. We got a uh, uh, Cabot Oil and Gas, Sergio. Uh, we. Oh yeah, do, yeah. That's right. Do you have a Cabot Oil and Gas update for us this week before that you go? 
I do, but I see my editor waving across the newsroom trying to get me to come to his office. I should probably go in there check that oh, out. The we'll have folks, to save that for next time. The four folks at Cabot <laughs> get shunned again. Folks, be sure to check out Sergio's work. I um I, I reference his work on my live stream. I do on Instagram, uh, you know, two or three times a week because I follow his stuff. It's good stuff and um, a lot of good stuff in there. I did reference your your article on the Austin Chalk, Sergio. I think for folks that are you know, trying to get into business, maybe trying to you know, capitalize on a unique opportunity. Um, you know, the Austin Chalks, there's not a ton of competition there. And so I was pointing people that direction the other day saying, hey, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're really trying to pick up some stuff, there's not a lot going on the Austin Chalk, but that means you're not competing with all kinds of salespeople. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of you going out after these companies. And we are seeing a little bit of resurgence there. Oh, definitely. And just right off the bat so far this year, I just looked at the data yesterday. We've got, we've got you know, I'd say at least... Uh, close to like seven dozen permits filed so far this year, just going in for first two months of the year already for Austin chalk projects. So that's definitely something to pay attention to. Okay. And where can people find you at Sergio? Oh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, San Antonio business journal website, all there. Okay, great. And thank you so much for coming on. It was uh, good to talk to you again. Um, you know, it's uh, it's been it's been a while. I know we tried to get you on a few weeks ago, and it just didn't work out for uh, logistical reasons. But uh, but Sergio, it was good to talk to you, and hope to talk to you again soon. Likewise, always happy to do it. Thanks. Well, it was great, Ryan, having Sergio back on. Uh, like we said, we hadn't had him on since I believe December. So great having him back on the show. He always brings uh, some high value content. Before we go, Ryan, we'd like to pull the numbers for the rig count. Uh, we get this from the drilling info. And uh, Ryan, we have some news that we are—we're uh, not can't release just yet, but a uh, couple weeks we hope to be able to tell you more about some stuff that we're working on. The rig count for this week is 1,035, and that's down eight from last Friday. So that's about one percent that they're down from last week, but overall pretty stable. Yeah, and listen, the market overreacted to the increase in production and um, the rig count, and so you know it's you know it's down a little bit. You know, no big deal, nothing to panic about. Um, it's, you know, we're, we're, everything's going, in my opinion, Josh. Everything's going just as we expected it. So, and it is good to have you back, Josh Shelton. Um, you know, it's nice to not have to do the whole show by myself, and so it's nice to at least have you back for that perspective. Until yeah. <laughs> people won't ask me anymore where you're at. That's really. That's really kind of getting old, so it's uh, it's good. It's good. I say he's on the show. That's where he's at. People, go go listen. So there we go. But uh, no, it's good to have you back. How is the baby doing? For those people who might be interested in how little Silas is is doing right now, he's doing great. He's doing great. You know, we uh, we we the first couple of weeks were always pretty tough, but he's growing. He's getting fat. He's got a double chin working now, so uh, he is about. he's headed in the right direction. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, well, good deal. Again, one final plug for R&D Pipe Company, our sponsor for the month of February. Really appreciate those folks stepping up and sponsoring the show. It gives you know, Josh and I a lot of flexibility and freedom um, when we have a sponsor. So thank you so much to the folks at R&D Pipe Company. Um, and then, again, if you will be at the Pipeline and Energy Expo in Tulsa, April 3rd through the 5th, I'll be there. And I might be at the Roseland event here in March. So if you're going to be at the Roseland event in March, I might swing out there for that. Um, I'm going to decide this weekend, actually. i look at my calendar and decide if I'm going to head out there for that. So let me know. Uh, guess who won't be there? Josh Shelton won't be there, so don't ask. Don't be saying, hey, where's Josh? He's, he, he's not going to be there. Well, I, I'll, I'll, you're not going to be there, are you, Josh? 
Uh, it's doubtful. doubtful. It's yeah. doubtful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's as doubtful as Sergio is giving us that capital oil and gas update. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> not that doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so good to have you back on. Um, if you get on Instagram at Ryan, uh, at Texas Long Gas Podcast at Ryan Racing is my personal account. If you care about the stupid stuff in life that I, that I do, then you can follow me there. But at Texas Long Gas Podcast on Instagram, live streaming every day uh, except for Sunday, and so you can connect there. And um, you know some of these stories we talk about on here, I do talk about on there as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, keep climbing. <laughs>